over there. Whoa, over there. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad that you're here uh, this morning, and our, our, our desire is for you to make Downey First Christian Church your church home, but the most important thing is that you will make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so welcome, thank you for being here. Uh, we're so happy that you're here. A couple of announcements before we get going here. Um, we have um, a 21-day fast coming up. You guys excited about that? Yeah. Shay, let's go, man. We can, let's do it. Let's do it. 21 day fast. Now, this is not a 21 day fast where we're not going to eat anything. We're just going to eat clean for 20. We're going to, this is it. We're going to, you're not going to be hungry. You're going to, you're going to eat clean. We're going to feel good. And we're going to pray every day. And we're going to read scripture every day together. We can do that. Come on. How many of you guys can do that? Yeah. See, let's go. We can do that. We can do it. We can do it. So it's going to be good. It's a great way to start off the year uh, after, you know, Christmas, Halloween, New Year's, Thanksgiving. It's a good opportunity to to renew your relationship with God, and also uh, to detox your body. So I'm going to give you more information about that next Sunday uh, as we go along. Um, also, we have an evangelism training that's going to happen today at 3. So um, if some, sometimes you don't know how to share your faith, like you feel awkward and are not sure, like, you know, you know, you know you're supposed to share your faith, but you have these moments when you have opportunities, and you're like, man, I don't even know what to say or where to start. We're going to have an evangelism training today. It's going to be about 45-minute uh, training, just giving you tools that you can use every day with the people that aren't part of this church or who are far from God. And so that's going to be today at 3. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is invited. Also, follow us on Instagram. We have an Instagram uh, uh, for our church. We you know, give information about the things that we're doing. If you're not following us on Instagram, uh, please do that. And finally, before we start, next Sunday is our big Sunday. We have really two big Sundays every year. One is Christmas and the other one is Easter. And there's some people that only come on Christmas and Easter. We call them CEOs, right? Christmas and Easter only. But this is an opportunity because when it's Christmas or when it's Easter, your friends who aren't part of a church are most likely to say yes. And so I want to challenge you. Uh, we've got invitation cards or like just a little flyer uh, on your chair. Use that. Give that to a person that you want to bring to church next Sunday. And we're going to, uh, I, I promise you, I'm going to do my best to be able to preach uh, a message that will be helpful uh, for people that are far from God. And also, as I'm preaching this message, before, before I start, and I'll start preaching this message, I want, you to, I want you to think about that person that you're thinking about bringing. Do you have that name? That person that you're thinking about bringing, that person that is not part of this church, maybe is a, a friend or family, think about that name. I want you to think about that name as we preach, as I preach, and then at the end of the message, I'm going to ask you to do something, okay? Just have that in your mind. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 uh, is the verse for today. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says this. It says, then... I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. So today we're ending uh, a message series called Dangerous Prayers. And we've been talking about prayers that we pray because sometimes we'll pray to God and we pray prayers that are pretty safe. Help me, thank you for the food, help me to find a parking spot that kind of stuff, and sometimes we pray prayers that we're wanting for God to do something for us, right? Like we want somebody to be healed, which is really important, or we want our day to go well, like all these things we want God to intervene in our favor. But these four prayers that we've been talking about are different prayers, and we've called them dangerous prayers because they're prayers that won't change the heart of God, they will change your heart. And we talked about three of these prayers. First, it was search me, search me. Second week was bless them, 
Remember? Last week was why God? Okay? And today we're going to talk about here I am, send me. That's a dangerous prayer. You're asking God. You're saying, here I am, send me. You see, the verse that we just read was the prophet Isaiah, and the prophet Isaiah was placing himself before God, and he was saying, here I am, send me. And so, just like Isaiah, we also have, we have a great commission. Like, we have something that, that, that Jesus established for us to do, and I'm going to read that, Matthew 28. We've probably heard of this before. Matthew 28, 18 says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, like we just did, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I assure you that I will be with you always until the end of the world. And so, so as a church, we have, we have a great commission that we have to do as a church, which is to make disciples that love God, love people, and serve the world. That's our great commission as a church. But we have a great commission that's individual. And we cannot be collectively what we're not individually. And so my question for you this morning is what, how will you respond to this great commission? Will you respond, I, I don't know, like this, is, this seems too hard? Or, like the prophet Isaiah, are you going to say, here I am, send me? That's what I want us to talk about a little bit today, okay? So I want to ha- help you this morning to be able to answer this question. And so I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever been misunderstood? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. But, uh, you don't even know. So, so, right? I mean, my family and I, we went to Taco Bell the other day. Sue me, right? We love fine dining. Um, we went there. Um, they, they have a tendency to get, to get orders wrong sometimes, but this time they got all of our drinks wrong. Every single one of them was wrong. The problem is we got home and then it was too late. We're like, I'm not going to go back and, you know, ask for different drinks. And so I don't know what happened in the conversation. I thought I was being clear, but I guess, you know, maybe the person was busy. Sometimes it happens. And so I was misunderstood, Right. We've all been misunderstood. You can be misunderstood in a friendship. You can be misunderstood uh, in a marriage relationship. You can be misunderstood uh, in different ways because sometimes there's a miscommunication. And so the same thing can happen in church. The The same thing can happen with Scripture. Like we can read a Scripture and we can think that we know what it means, but we can completely misunderstand it. And so this is what happened to me with the whole idea of the Great Commission. Like as I was growing up, I grew up as a Christian, then I fell away, and then I came back. I grew up as a Christian. My understanding of the Great Commission was guilt. Like, when I heard Great Commission, I heard guilt. That's what I thought. I felt guilty. I thought that it was my responsibility to save people. In fact, someone once told me this message, and I've never forgotten it. I can't remember who did it, but there's this image that I have in my mind. And it's the image of a burning building. And there's this burning building that's on fire. And there's people inside of that burning building. And my responsibility is to go into that building as fast as I can and snatch people out of the fire as fast as I can. The problem is, is that if if I grab someone and I save this person, I'm like, oh man, look at what I did. But what happens if the person stays in there and I didn't have enough time? 
to do that, or I tripped along the way, or I wasn't able to say. So there's two things that would happen, and this is how I would approach evangelism. This is how, I can't really blame it on anyone, but this is how I understood evangelism, that there's, there is a place called hell where people are, are going to be burning into eternity forever, and it's my responsibility to be able to snatch people out of there. The clock is ticking, you know, time is going by fast, and if I'm not quick, then people will end up in eternity burning in hell because of my fault. But on the flip side, if I did save someone, then I could take the credit because I have the conversation with that person and I show them Christ. And now they're going to spend eternity in heaven because of me. And so I ended up with one, or two, one of two things, either guilt or pride, which both are sins, by the way. And so thinking about that is that I wanted to talk to you guys about how unbiblical that concept is. And maybe you're here today and that's kind of the idea that you have when it comes to our responsibility when it comes to sharing our faith. Like it's either guilt or pride, you know, and the, and the clock is ticking and we better go quick. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about that because, because when we understand it this way, it's almost like, like it's in our hands to, to save the church. Like, like, like the church is in danger. Like if we don't do something, then, then God's going to be like, what am I going to do? Like, like, like the church is in danger. Like we have to save the church. But let's go to Matthew 16, 18. This is Jesus talking to Peter. Listen to this. It's very important. I tell, and I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So here's my question to you. Who's the one building the church? It says here, who will build his church? He says, God, God will build his church. He says, I will build my church. Brothers and sisters, the church is not in danger. The church is going to be fine. The church is not going extinct. We've been here 152 years, by the way. And the church at large has been here for 2,000 years. And so here's the thing. When we, when we think about, about evangelism and we think about sharing our faith um, God's not saying if, 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 I don't use, if I don't use Tony, you know, then I don't know what I'm going to do. No, if Tony is not willing to be used by God, then you know what God's going to do? He's going to use somebody else. You see, we're invited into this mission that God has established. And we're invited into doing this with him. You see, God does all the work. He does all the work. It's really interesting. He does the, he does the whole thing. God calls, God saves, and God gives growth. I'll prove it to you. Let's go to John uh, 6.44. 6.44, this is Jesus' calls. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. So he calls. Jesus also saves. We don't. We don't call. We don't save. Jesus does it. John 14.6, Jesus saves. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, meaning Jesus. And God is the one that also gives growth. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And so when we talk about evangelism and sharing our faith and saving people, nothing, not much really hangs in the balance of what we do or what we don't do. This is really interesting, important for us to understand. This, because when we have this, this idea 
of this urgency, like we got to do it now, we got to do it quick, we end up trying too hard. We end up trying too hard. And I want to I explain this. We end up trying too hard, and we end up messing up what God is doing. I'll explain it this way. So some of you guys know that um, I pastored a church in Chile, in South America, for six years, between 2010 and 2016. And we also, um, we had three other churches that we supported in an, in an island, actually an archipelago um, of Chile. I'm going to show you an image of what the island kind of looked like. I think we have an image right there um, of Chiloé. So that's, you see that? Is that beautiful? That's, that's kind of the environment. That's kind of what it looked like. And uh, one of the churches that we supported was on one of the, one of the islands. And there's a, a, a man that I want to introduce you to. His name is Gaston, right there. So that, sorry, not yet. There he is. That man, that man, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy. He's so funny. He's so funny. Um, Matthew, my son Matthew, we went uh, to Chiloé together and, uh, you know, he would take him around in his truck. Great guy. It was fun. Anyway, so we would visit these different families. We'd share with them. We'd pray with them, etc. And the, this man, he, um, after we shared with him, uh, you know, for a little bit, he said, I want to give, give you guys a gift. And so uh, he took us outside, and he showed us his apple tree. And he told us, uh, take as many apples as you want. And um, so we're like, okay, we started, you know, picking apples. Some of the apples were ripe. Some of the apples were, you know, they weren't ready to be eaten yet, so we tossed them out. And he walks out, and he sees us. And he starts laughing. And we're like, why, why is he like laughing at us? And he's kind of, he's like, get out of the way. And he grabs the stick and he starts hitting the tree. And then all the ripe apples just fall onto the floor. And so we realized we were doing it all wrong. You know, we're supposed to just hit the tree. All these, you know, and then you know exactly which apples are ripe and which ones aren't ready. And so I learned a powerful lesson that day. The powerful lesson that I learned was that, first of all, we were trying too hard, right? And number two is that it is, it is God who, who ripens the fruit. God ripens the fruit. And what's true in nature is also true with us as Christians. You see, it is, it is God who prepares the hearts of the people. This is so important for us to understand because sometimes we, we try too hard. And Jesus talks about this whole idea. When Jesus is referencing fishing, and he, and he tells us, he, t- he, tells, he tells Peter, I'm going to make you uh, fishers of, of men right? What, is it, what does a fisherman do? He, he throws out the net, right? And then once he throws the net out, there's not really much more he can do. He just kind of waits, and then he pulls the net, and then all the fish are there, you know? Uh, the parable of the sower, he, he scatters the seed. Once he scatters the seed, there's not really much more he can do. The rest is in God's hands. You see, I can't make an apple ripen. I can't make a seed sprout, right? I can't make fish come into the net in the same way. I can't save anybody. I can't grow anybody. That's not our responsibility. We can't do that. It is absolutely impossible. In fact, John 6, says this. It says, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. Something that God has to do himself with people and their hearts. God has to prepare. So, my wife has really strange taste. I know, that's why she married me, right? Okay, that's, I just walked right into that one. She has strange taste. One of the things that she, that she, uh, that she oh, so she's right there, that's funny. She's looking at me, she's like, that's uh, my wife, are you on a wave? In case people don't know her, see? Oh, there she is, okay. So anyway, um, see, now I, I can't focus because you're looking right at me. Um, so she has strange taste and she likes, she likes green plums. 
Like, they're not ripe yet, but she likes to eat green. Like, when they're not ripe yet, she eats them. It's like, that's terrible. That's, why would she want to eat a, a, a plum that's not ripe? It's just not, it hasn't been prepared. It's not ready. It's not sweet. It's sour, but she likes it. The reason why they're so terrible is because they've been harvested too early. They're not ready. They haven't been prepared by God. It's a terrible thing. Have you ever tried a, a uh, tomato, like from a grocery store? Like, that's the typical tomato. But then have you tried a tomato that is, that is organic? Like it's just, it's taken so long for that tomato to be ready and has no pesticides and it's just, it's been a long process. It's a completely different thing. It is such an incredible taste. They're almost sweet, right? They're so, so good. Why do I share that? The reason why I share that is because when we try too hard and we're evangelizing, we're doing these things, which is very important, we run the risk of harvesting too early. Harvesting someone who has not really been prepared by God yet. And that's why people will, will, will become followers of Jesus and then they'll fall away. Because they haven't been prepared by God. And so our responsibility is, is, is more uh, harvesting fruit that has been already prepared rather than preparing the heart. Does that make sense? We need to understand this. This is so important. John 4.35 says this. Don't you have a saying? It is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. You see, sometimes we can waste our time, and I've seen this happen before with arguments, with reasons, with pressure. You know, because we want, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. And here's what God put on my heart this week, is that there are people here, I have people in my life too, that you so want them to be saved. You just want them to be saved. Like, you just want them to be saved, and they don't get it. They don't get it. They're not listening. They don't, there's something that's just not clicking. And we can fall into the mistake of just insisting and insisting and insisting, and why don't you come to church, and why don't you this, and why don't you that, and Jesus loves you. Like, they've heard it all, you know? And I get it, because we want them to be saved. But we don't have that in us. We can't save anyone. You know, my, my mom went through that with me. You know, I was like, I didn't want to have anything to do with church or with God or with anything, you know. And she would insist, and it just bothered her. There was a point when it just bothered me. I wanted her to stop. So what my mom did is she, she switched from insisting and nagging to prayer. And she just prayed. She prayed for me every day, every day, every day, every day. And then God started drawing me back in. He started drawing me back in. But it is the work of God. It is the work of God. You see, there's a danger of us harvesting too early, you know. So we got to do this work. I want to show you a picture of the baptism we had last Sunday. This is, uh, this is Javier baptizing. I love that picture. That was last Sunday. Because he, he did, it was, a, it was a private baptism. I got confused because he said at the end of service, and I thought it meant literally at the end of service, but he was, no, after the service is done, I want to have it. So we had that baptism last Sunday. Can we give him a round of applause? <laughs> baptism. And then, we had, and then we had Luis today. God bless you, man. This is so, so good. So good. And the, we, the reason why I bring up these, these two guys is because it's been a process. It's been a process for you. It was, it was, it was a process for Javier. It took, a, it took a few years, you know. And I'm not saying that's true in every case. But, but that's why in this church, I will never pressure you to get baptized. Never, never, never. I want God to draw you in. I want God to draw you in because God calls, God saves, and God gives growth. And so, so then you may say, well, pastor, then why are you saying all these things? Like, okay, so then why do we even bother preaching? 
It's a good question, right? Like if God does the whole thing, what's my, what's my participation in this whole process? You know, it's a good question. So I'm going to end with, I'm going to close in prayer here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like, no, no, not, I'm just not answering the question. I just end it. Um, the most important reason is because the Bible says so. That's the most important reason. So we'll start, we'll start with there. We'll start with that. It's a mandate. Now, not a big fan of the word mandate, but if it comes from God, I'm okay with it. Um, we're called to share our faith. We are called to share our faith. And some people, some people, some of you guys, you guys could be at the grocery store buying deodorant and you're sharing your faith with the person next to you. Like, that's just who you are. But for most people, it's hard. It's hard. You know, you, 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 it's, it's, it's like, oh, how do I do it? You know? And some of the arguments that I hear is that, the pastor, I just don't know enough about the Bible. I don't feel prepared, you know, or I don't have the gift, right? And I want to just tell you, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but you do have the calling. We all have the calling to evangelize. So we, this is something that God has, has given us to do. This is our commission. This is our great commission. This is why we're here to be able to share. And so this great commission is for everybody. But here's the thing. It should not be a heavy burden. It should not. Matthew 11 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You, I, I never want you to walk away from church with a heavier burden than when you got here. So if you're walking away with a heavier burden, then I haven't done my job. Here, here's what I, I want you to ask yourself this morning. Is, because I have a theory of why it's so hard. I have a theory. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is my theory. Because why is it so easy to recommend a movie that we love, but so hard to recommend Jesus who has saved us? Why? That's a, I think that's a good question, you know? And I want to answer, this, I promise you it's not, it's not guilt. It's not guilt, it's just a question. I want us to ask ourselves this question. I have a theory. Now I want, I want, I want to present that to you um, with a question. When it comes to evangelism, are you a tour guide or are you a travel agent? Are you a tour guide or are you a travel agent? You see, a travel agent will talk about places he's never been. He'll talk about food that he's never necessarily tasted. He'll talk about shows that he's not necessarily been to. If you're a tour guide, you've been there. You know the people, you've tasted the food, you've seen the shows. So when it comes to evangelism, it's maybe a tough question, but I want you to ask yourself this. Are you a tour guide or are you a travel agent? You see, when you've experienced the life-transforming connection with Christ, you're not talking about something that you're unfamiliar with. My wife and I, we, uh, we used to sell nutrition products. I feel like I've shared this before, but we, used to, we, we sold nutrition products for about three months. And it went, it went really well, but honestly, it doesn't mix well with ministry because if I was selling those products, I would see you as potential clients. And that's just not healthy for my soul, you know? And so that wouldn't be good. So we, we stopped. We, once we started the church in Chile, we stopped with that. But we, it, it went really well. Like we, we sold a lot of products and we made a lot of money. But here's the reason why. And they would tell us this and people, sometimes people didn't believe it. When you... When you ate the products and you participated of the products and you felt how the products changed you and you felt better, you had more energy and all those things, um, it was easy. 
because you were talking about something that you were doing and you knew it. Like you didn't have to be an expert in, in, the, in the product. You just had to experience it. But there was this lady that, that was part of the team as well and she had this theory. She's like, I'm not going to consume these products because it's too expensive, you know, and I just, I prefer to save the money and I'll just tell people about it. She didn't sell very well. All right. I don't know if that's a great example, but the, what, the point I'm trying to make is that, is that the reason why it went so well, and it was because it, it was organic. I didn't have to like force, I wasn't talking about something that I was unfamiliar with. So the reason why I share that is because I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you this morning, is, are you on, are you on fire for God? Like, is this something that is just like this overwhelming thing on the inside that you can't hold in because I could guilt you into sharing your faith like I could go back to the same image of the burning building and go in there and if you don't do it then God's going to judge you okay I, I could go I could go that route but you see the gospel should never be guilt driven the gospel should be driven by this internal conviction that people need Jesus as much as you need Jesus and so my question to you this morning is, is this. Is, are you on fire for God? And then number two, is that maybe you're here and you're looking back at a time in your life where you were. And you're looking back and you're like, man, there was this time in my life, man, where I was just, I was so on fire for God. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop sharing. I couldn't think about anything else. I was reading the Bible. I was praying. It was so beautiful. But you look back at those moments and it seems like a far distant memory. And it makes me think of Revelation chapter 2 when he's talking about the church in Ephesus where they had lost their first love. And I think this morning that the, the calling isn't go out and preach because God says so and he's going to judge you. I think the calling this morning is to rekindle that first love. Rekindle that first love. And I talked about this, I think, last week or the week before when we were talking about forgiveness. Is that sometimes the way that we understand the forgiveness of God better is when we understand how much God has forgiven us. And that moves us into being able to forgive others easier. But the flip side is also true. When we start forgiving people, even though we feel like they don't deserve it, that also helps us to be able to understand the forgiveness of God better. And so I think the same is true in sharing our faith. You may be waiting for God to rekindle your love for him. And then when I feel that, then I'm going to share my faith. But the flip side is also true. When you start sharing your faith, you're going to realize that your love for God is going to be rekindled again. And that first love is going to start coming back. And when you see, Jim, you know this, you, when you see the glimmer in people's eyes when they get it, it's, it fires you up on the inside. And you realize, man, this is why we're here. And now I understand why this Great Commission is here. Because we, we begin to understand our identity. We start connecting with the bigger picture of what God is doing. And there's this joy that comes inside. Not a burden, a joy and understanding. This is why I'm here. No matter what you're doing in your life, no matter what job you have, this is our Great Commission. I'll go back to a story and I'm gonna, I'll end with this. Is that I've shared this before. My, my daughter, Amy, when she was little, I've shared this probably a thousand times. So we were making this bed together and it was gonna take me forever to make the bed if she helped me, but she wanted to help. And like, oh, I'm kind of in a hurry, but then she, you know, I asked her to help me. 
she, she wanted to help. And I'm like, okay, it's going to take us 15 minutes to do this. If you help me, I'll be so much faster if I just did it. But then, you know, she helped me, and it was a great time. The sheet went up. We jumped on the sheet. We wrestled together. It was beautiful. It was great. It was a great time, you know. She wasn't helping me. She wasn't helping me. But it was, it was beautiful. You see, when we think about our relationship with God, it's the same thing. Great commission, he can do it without us. He could finish it like that. He's inviting us to participate in this beautiful thing that he's doing. He wants us to be together in this, just like a loving father. So that's the invitation this morning. That's the invitation this morning. And so I'm going to close with this, it's real quick. Two challenges for you today. One, come to our evangelism training today at three, okay? This will help you. Number two, tomorrow's our big Sunday. Tomorrow's a big Sunday. Bring someone. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say tomorrow? Next Sunday. <laughs> Seven days. Thank you. See, I don't know what I would do without Tony. Um, so, uh, yeah, next Sunday. Next Sunday, the 19th. Bring somebody. Bring somebody to church. You know, bring somebody to church. I'll, I'll preach a message. I'll preach the gospel to them. Um, and remember I asked you at the beginning to think of someone? Did you guys think of the person? Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to, pull, I want you to pull your phone out. I promise you I'm not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. Pull your phone out. Go to your text messages. I want you to find that name. I have it right here. This is my landlord right here. And I want you to write there. I want you to write, Hi, I, want, I would like to invite you to church next Sunday. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> Next Sunday. Okay. So, get it ready? I have mine ready. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And then if you want to, you're gonna pr- you're gonna pr- we're going to present together. Okay? All right. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, God, because you've, you've taught us today that we... We, that our participation in this doesn't really hang, nothing hangs in the balance of what we do or what we don't do. If you're going to save someone, you're going to save them. If you're going to call them, give them growth, it's all on you, God. But thank you because you, you allow for us to participate in this beautiful thing that you're doing. And I pray for the, all the people that we have on our phones right now. I pray, I pray, Lord, that my landlord will come to church next Sunday. I pray that, God, that you will do this for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys ready to press send? One, two, three. There it is. I just sent it. There it is. There it is.